It's the Saturday Friends Club. Hello, everyone. It's the Saturday Friends Club. Ah! What the hell? You all right there? She's just channeling energy. Just let her go. Yeah, and uh, Sabrina did state that she was a little tired. So you know, if you need to, if you need to work it out to get some energy in. Ah! All right, that's nice. I'm Josh. We're the Saturday Friends Club. Over there is Eric. I'm over here. Mags is here. I'm here. And uh, ah! you know she's gonna be doing that like on the wedding day, right? <laughs> Just... Whoa! That, I, I, it's funny. Funny that you mentioned. I, I Those mean, like, are her vows. I mean, like, I mean, like walking up the aisle and just the whole time, like pterodactyl screaming. <laughs> this is the sound my anxiety makes. <laughs> God, I would watch a show where somebody does that. Yeah. Uh, it feels like what somebody would do in our next episode, but it's not our next episode. Not yet. <laughs> no. Uh. All right. So our our lead in was from Sonic. Jim Cummings is a bad guy who barely walks and is in a red coat. <laughs> it's Mags's choice. Yes, this uh, this week I picked uh, Page Master, the 1994 uh, not classic that starred uh, Macaulay Culkin and a bunch of other cool people. And just and like everyone from Next Generation. Everyone from Next Generation that wasn't in Gargoyles. This movie was not nearly as metal as the title made it out to be. I, I know this movie was a disappointment. All right, I guess. Uh, yeah. All right. That's wow. The are we in. cutting to the chase that quick? <laughs> yeah, Fuck all right. This well, movie. I guess. I guess we should first talk about our experiences with the movie. Yeah. Uh, and I'll go first since it was uh, my dumb choice. Um, my dad took me to see this movie. My brother and I. Um, uh, we're all big nerds in my family, as I've I've previously discussed. My what? my the strongest relationship I have with my dad is talking about books that we both love. I I really hope he was like. I promise, this is not like wizards. <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't show us wizards till we were like in puberty, which I'm sure is like no harm to my development at all. Um, well, because you, uh, you can't you can't like lead off a kid's like like experience with movies with like fairy titties. Or no, you could. but he teaches them shit. to read with Heinlein, so oh, you know. <laughs> I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. Very, very normal person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely! Everyone should read Number of the Beast before like. Yeah, before they're 14. Absolutely. That will in no way affect... Anyway, whatever. Um, anyway, so this is a movie that originally... So, uh, uh, that we went to go see because we're all big nerds and, like, uh, like Dad would take us on trips to the library and, like, this was before nerdom was... Um, uh, broad, commoditized. Yeah, commoditized uh, and, and part of the dominant culture. Um, and uh, as I've, I think I've spoken before about, like, the library that I went to and the public library that I really love and um recently i was in new orleans and got to go to the american library association and hear somebody else as part of a different talk talk about their hometown library experience and so i was like oh man like i'm feeling really warm-hearted about like books and libraries and i really want to like watch this movie again i remember really really liking it um uh and that was sort of my experience when i chose the movie i was like oh yeah i have fond memories of this um i remember it being like really validating as like a little reader and lucky little reader <laughs> lucky little reader um and so that was the place that i came to did anybody else catch this uh, i didn't know this movie existed until like it was it was what thursday out. yeah <laughs> i'm so sorry that i brought uh, you so much suffering in so short a time we no, it wasn't uh, all right off the bat it wasn't like terrible it was very. It was. It's very mediocre in every possible yes, way. Yes, it is painfully mediocre. But it was. I have two short. pages of notes. It oh is, yeah, it's barely like a feature length running time. It's what uh, seventy five, eighty one minutes, something like that. 
Yeah, we, minus credits, I think it's like like an hour ten, maybe. Yeah, we saw that like an hour went by when the movie was over, and we were like, "What? Oh yeah, did I miss like five scenes? Like, nope. Could it be that they ran out of money? Yes, they did. <laughs> Somehow they ran out of money from their uh, what was it, twenty-seven million dollar budget? Yeah. So originally, this came from a six-page script. Uh, do you have the, the Wikipedia article? Open? It felt like it came from a six-page script. Uh, I do have the Wikipedia just article. FYI, I have actually seen it before. Oh, oh, cool. Do you remember when you saw it or how you felt about it? I think I saw it a couple years after it came out. I remember liking it because books and, and dragons. It yeah. did have a dragon in it. And the dragon for like CGI at the time. Or no, it was hand-drawn, wasn't it? It was animated, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a bad dragon. It's quite well, it, the animation's like... The animation overall, like, the quality of it is pretty good. I'd Let say. me tell you what I wrote about the quality of the animation. Oh, boy. Um, uh, Richard Richard is the boy. Uh, the story uh, follows. Richard's animation is mid-tier Don Bluth at best. Yes. <laughs> and everything else is a mix between that and, like, mid-tier Saturday morning cartoons like Hercules the Animated Series. It was really all over the place. But it was like there were elements of it. Like, oh, that's good. And then it would cut back. And like, oh, that's not very good. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so originally this was a six-page script, um, and then it got picked up, and that author was cut out of the project, essentially, and that created a lot of drama. And then midway yeah. through, uh, they did all of the... So this is a movie, this is one of the first movies that makes live-action, um, traditional hand-drawn animation, and um, computer animation. This was all made between 1991-1993, released in 1994. Um, the live-action shooting took three weeks. Like from mid September to like mid October ish, um, uh, so you know, like that's not the bulk of the filming and it's not the bulk of the film production process. So they drew a lot of stuff and they changed the story from, um, a book or like a, a movie about a boy who doesn't like to read and in fact hates to read, uh, to a boy who learns to love to read, which is I think a more compelling story, um, and instead they changed to this, which is this sort of weird limp story with no solid moral about a boy who's a little nervous and kind of bad at probability. Like, he has a very Greek understanding of how probabilities work, um, which is a dig that only you and I get, which is fun. Sorry, everybody else. Um, yeah, eat, eat shit, listeners. <laughs> eat shit, the Greeks, the ancient Greeks. Um, uh, and, uh, you know. Yeah, it's this weird mix of, like, he's he's afraid and can't conquer his, his fears and he's afraid of everything, and then he conquers that by learning to love books yeah it's not it's not I'm, i mean it's I think not it was, a clear moral i think it was more about so this the is books a, yeah teaching him not to be scared it is but it feels but like that doesn't actually like yeah those are the story beats they're going for but i don't think they work to earn it it didn't um, yeah it, it didn't follow it was like a to b to d it right, wasn't and i think like as a kid like it made sense to me because i think as a kid you're willing to like accept like um i think this is a really strong case of like show us don't tell us and i think they do a lot of telling us and like as a kid that was fine for me like here was this idea that like books wanted to be loved and could tell that you love them and as somebody who read a lot i had books that i read to pieces um like one of my i almost brought in one of my favorite books and then i remembered this is a a, a sound medium only <laughs> um to show you like show this is the tell. third copy of this book that i've had like it's this paperback that i really love um it's like the start of the Corsican series which is like incredibly important to me um and the idea that a book could love me back and feel that it was being valued was, like, to my squishy, tender heart, like, <laughs> very satisfying. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I could understand that. That, that. that totally makes sense. If you if you want a book that, uh, that has that sort of resonance and 
and stickiness to my heart. It's actually right out there. Uh, I can bring back in the Sonic. <laughs> no, comic. that's fine. No, that's Josh. fine. That's fine. That's, that's fine. It's good. No, we thought. No, you should just. It's a very soft. It's an artifact. We shouldn't touch it. We should put it in a case somewhere. And it'll, they don't ever like touch it again. That'll damage it more. Um, oh, you're right. Um, <laughs> I, I just want like I I want to lead off. Some, we were talking about this before. I wanted to lead off of like how many fucking movies in the 80s and 90s had this plot where it's like a precocious kid goes off and he meets a creepy old guy introduces him to a magical world of mystery like we've done like eight of these movies yeah no it's... this was a like a strangely popular theme i think in uh like this period like you have like never story. story we're back it was also like this oh yes it was you had the, ki- the kids go to their like sort of a semi-magical world happening uh we go we go from uh Play of Dragons. In, in that case, it was like in the most insufferable like uh, nerd who in it who is there, and he was super glad I missed that episode. Oh no. boy, it's if you like if you like inflating fart dragons, then you will love this movie. All right, mm. well, tell you what, how Don't about we like get it. into it? I can, <laughs> Let's get into it. I could I could play some James Horner for you. Yeah, okay, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Just in case you're in, you're into that, yeah, yeah, let's go. Okay, R- roll it. How, how Lead about... us into a world of magic and imagination, Josh. Yeah, let's let's have Macaulay Culkin's weird lips guide us along. Mm. It's it's time for uh, the page master. Cry every time, Mags. <laughs> I think the score for this movie is like perfectly adequate. Um, and I don't mean that in the, like in a normally disparaging way that I talk about like, oh, this was mediocre. Um, like I think the score functions really well. Like it's not especially memorable. I wouldn't go out and buy a CD of it. But it's a, um, you know, it's a competent '90s James Horner piece. Oh yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I have no complaints except the one weird song at the end. Oh god, yeah. Well, Which there... was there were three originally planned. Um, it was gonna have more musical elements in it, but again, the screen rewrite, and then they ran out of money, which is like incredibly painfully obvious oh what was there there was something on like the dvd cover it was like song featuring Babyface, and it was the first time since the 90s i thought about Babyface. oh my <laughs> god no the in the original uh trailers for this movie they actually used the theme from the last starfighter <laughs> from 19 like 1984 the last starfighter oh, okay so a better movie yeah was it though yeah. The Page Master is a 1994 American live-action animated fantasy adventure film starring Macaulay Culkin, Christopher Lloyd, Whoopi Goldberg, Patrick Stewart, Leonard Nimoy, and Frank Welker. The film was produced by Turner Pictures and released by 20th Century Fox on November 23rd, 1994. Uh, man, that, that's what they say at the top. Of okay, Wikipedia. I just want to, like, at, at the top. Yeah. Um. I want to talk about how much I love Christopher Lloyd. Okay. Say, um. And started. let that boy chew that scenery. <laughs> let that boy chew that whole library right up. His hair is an acting presence in the. Oh itself. my god! Yeah, like that sort of like pseudo Confederate, uh, Captain or I mean rather Colonel uh Colonel um uh shoot Colonel Sanders mustachey thing he's well, got going on there. You, you know why he's dressed like that? He's emulating Dickens. Oh. No one should ever do that. 
Really? But Is that what he was doing? He was. That was the name. I was getting strong Don Quixote vibes. No, it was Dickens. Okay. They were specifically. Yeah, I was getting strong to... Colonel Sanders vibes. But, you know, like <laughs> maybe you're just hungry. Just like Norm Macdonald with strong, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, strong corn. Turf Ferguson. Oh man. Yeah. So we start out with Macaulay Culkin as this Ugh. nervous kid, and his dad is like, "I just want to be a good dad. I just his can't dad, stand that he's nervous." His dad, my man, it begs Jr. <laughs> EBJ. Don't let him know you call him that. <laughs> you know, that's going to get really, like, that's really going to get under his, like, overstretched collar. He, he's just going to knock at the door going, like, did somebody call? <laughs> I, I don't talk- like it when you shorten my name like Someone's that. Someone's talking about me. I know it. <laughs> I can feel it. I can feel the wind rustling through my overbleached hair. <laughs> Which he has a lot of hair in this movie, and that's fine. He has a, dis- a lot of, he, it's, it's like, a coif. It's a disturbing wig. Is it a wig? Uh, I'm, I'm, my money's on wig. Okay. But that's how he looks in every movie. Ed Beggs Jr.? <laughs> pull us, pull us up a movie where Ed Beggs Jr. has better hair. Oops. That's my challenge to you in this episode. By the end, I want to have an answer. Oh, boy. <laughs> I could, like, I mean, he's in Streets of Fire. He, he just has, like, crazy exploded hair in that one. Okay, that's fair. All right. So, yeah, Page Master, again, not as metal as the title would make that out to seem. I know. I kept thinking of Wishmaster by Nightwish, but, you know, just yeah, I'm disappointed when it was not. Just imagining a kid that's just, like, using pages to destroy people. <laughs> Isn't that Death Note? Isn't that already an anime? They should make Death Note. Isn't it's, that it's on Netflix? It's a live action movie. Uh, oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's on Netflix as a live action movie. I don't know that I want to know how that goes. Anyway. Not good. Uh, So, Page Master. So, we start with Macaulay Culkin. With these like awesome round eyeglasses that I really like but can't wear. <laughs> My face is too round. I just can't pull it off. I don't think he wears Same. them right. <laughs> they I, like, look... I feel like they, well, he looks like a small child who's like super nervous and that's good character clothing. Like he doesn't look particularly flattering in them, but I think that's kind of the point. Yeah, I think he's supposed to be like he's, well, back, he's a nerd. Remember back then, glasses weren't cool. If you were a kid that wore glasses, nerd. you were four eyes. I mean, that's true also. Yeah. At the very end, there should have been a point where he throws off his glasses and puts on a leather jacket. Well, <gasps> also, they didn't really make that cool-looking glasses back then. Definitely not for kids. De- yeah, definitely, definitely not, for, not kids. for kids. I mean, like, for adults, if you spent money, you could. But, like, yeah, it wasn't... Yeah, yeah, it's not as... Anyway. Yeah. Um. But so he's nervous, and he collects statistics about how bad things happen and how likely bad things are to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of getting him to see a psychologist for his clear trauma... Um, his parents just let it happen. I did wonder, like, at the beginning of this, like, what was the, what happened to this kid to, like, make him this neurotic? Right, like, he's very clearly neurotic, and, but, like, not neurotic about, like, he has a no-smoking sign that he hand-drew in his room. He has, this is actually, this panning is actually my favorite. You do, like, a whole pan around his room, and it starts with him in bed at night. He wakes up, there's a thunderstorm or something. Um, and you see, like, you pan up to the no smoking sign, and then, like, a caution sign, and then, like, a small fire extinguisher, and it says break in case of emergency, break glass in case of emergency, and then there are, like... Steel-toed like, boots. Well, yeah, like, winter <laughs> boots right up next to it and says, in case of broken glass. And I was like, these are sort of cute, like, things that show this movie had, like, a heart, and that it was, well, like, at one point, somebody really thought about these things, mm-hmm. um, and that somebody did think about these things, and it could have been so much better, and I think that's what I find particularly frustrating about it is that, like, you see these clear moments of, like, heart and planning and thoughtfulness, um, and then you watch the movie and you see that the execution is, like, 
mediocre at best. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Did you want to go down the... Oh, uh, I, I closed it. I thought you were oh. going to... Okay, no, I, I can do it. I okay. just wanted to make sure we're in the same place. Yeah, yeah, we're um, in the... So, yeah, so, like, the so he gets up in the middle of the night. That's how you start off the movie. Um, you see his, like, caution and warning and safety equipment in his room, and he walks down the hall with his flashlight, and his parents are talking, and his dad is talking about, like, oh, uh, like, I'm so worried. I just want to be a good dad. His mom's like, oh, we should just support him. And it's like, I don't know what you're trying to portray him as, like, because he's too far, I think, in the nervous thing to, to be just, like, a kid who's nervous. Um, uh, because they're talking about how he went to his little league game and talked about like sports injury statistics, and now nobody wants to play baseball. <laughs> he's right. a pretty, he's a pretty like honestly unlikable main character. Like he is. Also, he tucks in his shirt as a child. Like back off. <laughs> like who, who taught you? Hold up, hold up. <laughs> this kid definitely grew up to be like some sort of like second tier like uh, Republican commentator. Oh, like, a, like a crowd hammer. This Grander. is like C- Tucker Carlson. Yes. This <laughs> yes. is the origin <laughs> story of Tucker this Carlson. Fucking bow tie. Oh, Tucker God. Carlson. Yeah. No, it all makes sense. Like, this was actually Tucker Carlson. It was the at- Atlas shrugged at the end that he just took to oh, the most. No. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I have, I have, I, I know what people need. No, you don't. I let, oh, out, a ba- I let out a battle cry when I saw that. <laughs> Who is Tucker Carlson? Uh, he's a commentator on Fox News. He, he's like a, he's like a wet sack of dog shit in a suit. And a t- and like a little bow tie, a shitty bow tie too. Yeah. Like, ugh. like the he fact just... that you guys all know this, even though none of us actually watch Fox News, is a little alarming. He's he's a well, no, I mean, yeah. like he's a fairly big name, and like, uh, he also gets shut down on his own show on the regular. So, like, if you follow news or are involved in politics, then like you know who like some of the top name commentators are, and I think you should, even if you're not a Republican, you should know what Republicans are telling each other. Um, as a side note, that's that's a rabbit hole we can get down. Oh, yeah. to unfortunately, reference the this last kid episode. Definitely, yeah. Right. So his dad's Ed Beg- Ed Beg Junior. <laughs> the Beggs. Macaulay Culkin gro- in this movie grows up to be Ben Shapiro. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh, oh no! Yeah, that's the, that's the. So I, I'm well, sorry. That's the granted, worst possible timeline. Okay, so if I were to take like Macaulay Culkin, ultimately would be like obviously not as neurotic and like cautious as this. But if I were to go, if I were to imagine, like, if I were in a time machine, went back in time, found the nerdy, like, stupid eight-year-old to ten-year-old version of me, like, the only concept in my mind is close to this kid. Of just, like, I don't know anything about how the world works, and I don't know how to be cool, and it would just be showing up, just smacking him upside the head, going, like, (laughs) just don't get, pretend you're cool. That's all it takes. Really, honestly, everyone is also worried about how cool they look. Yes. Like, they're spending as much time as you, you know, to, like, probably an order of magnitude, uh, it, like, it, worrying like, about how they look. It's like his group of, like, mixed uh, a mixed race and gender friends are all, like, doing jumps over the concrete. Like, those are the cool kids. <laughs> right, go hang out with them. Yeah. Uh, so his dad's building a treehouse, and, like, uh, he's like, oh, um, uh, yeah, all, like, 7% of household, act, 8% of household accidents involve a ladder. Some some other thing that's three percent, and that's eleven percent, Dad. We can't mess with that. One, that's not how statistics work. Um, the father is also like, like I, I just like he's like talking about he, he doesn't think he's been a good father. Like, yeah, you haven't. Yeah, clearly not. Your you child have, has no trust in the world. You've broken your child already. Well done. Oh God, yeah, the the statistics talk just reminds me of just that meme with like the wrestling talk where they go through the statistics of how beaten up someone's gonna be. It's like <laughs> I'm gonna win this match because I got thirty three. Uh, it's 66 and a half 
percent of how I'm gonna beat you, so that leaves you with a thirty-three and a third. But then Kurt Angle is gonna be there, and he's got half power to that, so that leaves you with like an eighteen. <laughs> By yeah. the end, he's like, "You have a negative one hundred and sixty-three percent chance to win." <laughs> it's basically that, but from yeah. a much less cool child. Yeah, and his dad's like, "Oh, go get me. See this nail? Go get me a pound of nails at the hardwood store." Um, and nobody knows that it's gonna rain. I don't know. Like, I know that I live in California now, and I never have to check the weather. I, I but I, I seem to remember checking the weather regularly when I lived in a place where thunderstorms happen. I also just want to say that, like, they they play it, this movie weirdly undercuts its own premise, and that it's just like, oh, you know, he's just worried about he's worried about nothing. And he's neurotic, and then like he goes on one bike ride, and then is immediately like. Nearly a dies. Thunderstorm. Like, nearly dies like five times. Like maybe he's onto something. Actually. Yeah, maybe he like maybe he's like the one guy in like Sunnyvale who's like, you guys. He's <laughs> like you guys. We never talk about it. But something weird is happening. He's the one character who he like he's in a Final Destination movie and the rest of the people aren't. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. There's so- a there's the reason. He's just has this just complete and total destruction just everything around him at all times maybe he's yeah. got some sort of weird vortex like some sort of like uh, misfortune field well, that he improbability field that he has we are now building a more interesting story than the page master oh yeah no absolutely <laughs> um so like he gets on his bike which has which is like as an adult cyclist <laughs> i want this bicycle <laughs> i want this bicycle it has lights it has sounds it has like a big front sort of wall thing and a back sort of like windshield wall thing um, and like uh, a big flag on it. Like, I want to ride this bike through San Francisco. <laughs> I mean... Like, when I ride my bike in San Francisco, I want it to be this bicycle. Yeah, I mean, we true. could definitely find you the flag thing because I think you oh, can Oh, the flag thing is those. easy to find. Yeah. But like the, the bumpers are what like... Oh, yeah. And the lights. Like, I mean, this is a safety bike that apparently he built himself. Which like, is who pretty built this? Amazing. Is it dad? Like, I want to know the backstory of this bicycle like but also apparently he mounted his own fire extinguisher uh, up to code so <laughs> i guess whatever like this is maybe a more remarkable child than we knew yeah he's actually checking and being like now dad i need a replacement fire extinguisher because this one's going to be low as of february <laughs> like <laughs> again so- we're building a more interesting place than the the actual we're pet. just we're just getting we're trying to sidestep around the fact that this is where we're going in this movie yeah so let's get to the library I want all to right get to so the he library. rides his bike uh he passes the kids who were jumping over the drainage pipe that has been mysteriously left in the road cool. um and then it starts to rain and he almost dies like three times on the way to the library or on the way to the hardware store and he diverts over to the library uh and, and also apparently this establishes that we're in los angeles i'm like how often do you have thunderstorms anyway so he stumbles soaking wet into the library and there's christopher lloyd Hello, I'm Christopher Lloyd. I'm very, Basically. I'm very crazy. <laughs> I'm going to chew all of these. I'm going to chew all of these books. Just like, ah. ah just Would not. you like anything to eat? <laughs> Again, I, have I all can of... offer scenery these, for these you. These movies are teaching our children a bad message that, like, creepy old guys who live in, like, a ba- in, like an evil mansion somewhere will lead you on a magical journey. I mean, it wasn't, it was a library. Was it? Yes, it, it was, was the, a library. Yeah, it was the Los Angeles Public Library. Why was it out in the middle of like a country estate? Like and it's it was totally so weird. Empty. Yeah. I have no idea. This yeah, yeah. there's it, a lot about this movie. Like, this doesn't make sense. Well, it felt like it, it felt like Los the Angeles scene where... isn't that green either. No, so, like no, no, I don't no, no. know where they're filming. No, Los Angeles is like a just a, like a, in, like an on fire hellscape. Like this this, this that's is, us is not, right now. It's all of California. 
But like it, it just like that whole scene had the tenor of the scene from Beauty and the Beast when she discovers the castle. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Christopher Lloyd goes on this big chewing, scenery chewing, uh, fest. Watch like me unhinge my jaw and swallow this whole scene. <laughs> ah, here's the library card. Yes, he he knows what all people want, and he starts like talking about like uh books and like interesting things in books and like oh you want fantasy demons and princesses and dragons and scary things. I just no, wanna you go want to go home. I just want to call my dad. Uh, and so he gives him these God weird ominous directions to go find the public telephone uh and which is like whoa like man this is another like oh if we just had phones like if we, this kid had just had a cell phone H huge this sections. movie is not plausible in also, this year why would you just have a random telephone booth in the back of the library shouldn't you just have had a phone line at the front desk uh, yes that too and like why would you ask people to use a uh, uh, a public telephone in the depths of the library where you would think people would be trying to study or read instead of in the lobby where conversation is more appropriate. But mm -hmm. anyway, um, <laughs> there's a lot to nitpick in this movie if you really want to. Um, oh, and we want to. <laughs> we will. We don't have as long... We will be talking about this movie as long as the movie actually yes, is. Yes, this episode, <laughs> this episode very plausibly could go on as long as the movie We is. are already halfway there, I oh. want you to know. Oh my god. All right, so uh, he goes, he follows, he goes through the stacks. Um, he looks up, he sees this really, actually really cool rotunda, uh, and then paint starts to drip off of it. Uh, well, and he slips he... and falls. Oh, yeah, okay, there we go. That's what happens. He slips, he falls, he hits we, his head. We immediately enter, like, a Jacob's Ladder scenario oh, uh, where he, he could be, these are the last moments before he dies. Uh, don't worry about it, it's fine. <laughs> so, paints, uh, like, there's sections of the library, the, the rotunda that represent different genres of books. Um, we'll visit all of these later, which is ridiculous because you don't need that anyway. Uh, so, like, you see, like, Captain Ahab up there. You see, like, Long John Silver up there. And then the paint starts to ooze down, and this is where, like, it, it, it runs into the CGI. Um, and that all drips down. It becomes this flood and then starts to paint the bookshelves. And, like, it's kind of cool, and it doesn't age as bad as I thought it was gonna. Like, the minute I saw it, I was like, oh, no. It's kind of a cool sequence. I didn't mind it. I mean, the CGI is pretty rough, but the like the actual painter, the actual animation is okay with like the way it spreads through the the halls. Yeah, yeah. like you can see that this is one of the places where they started animating before the money ran out. Um, yeah, this has way higher production values than like large sections of the rest of the movie. Oh yeah, like the last third is like whoosh, like some of the like the middle. Yeah, anyway. Um, so the he comes into his magic library, and some of the books come alive. Not all of them. And there's no clear logic for which ones which do, but he meets Patrick Stewart Who's, as Adventure. It actually, I was surprised. He like he, I thought he was, when I saw Patrick Stewart, I thought he was, he was going to be doing his normal Patrick Stewart voice, but instead he was, like, really going for it. He mm -hmm. was really, he, I think he put more effort in this than anybody else. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually had to wait in a while and go, like, oh, wait, Patrick Stewart was Adventure? I'm like, Oh, yeah, that is him. He's just really committing. Yeah, yeah he's really committing. Um, he is a pirate. Yeah. yeah. And then he finds out that uh, Macaulay Culkin's character, Richard, has a library card. He's like, you're my ticket out, boy. Um, and then they try to find the exit. And they don't find the exit. They find Fantasy, who is Whoopi Goldberg at the Lavender Book, who's like, who's a weird thing about tights falling down. Yeah, I don't get was, it. And she's wearing the glass slippers yeah, the I whole didn't... time, which is like weird. Two glass slippers, yeah. Yes. Um, well, Cinderella also wore two glass slippers. She just lost one. Yeah. yeah she had she had to shank someone with which, the other one. So. Which I guess she lost it when the thing went away, but but also yeah. didn't because reason whatever. This is, 
I, I want to say all of the all of the other books and stories that they reference in this are all oldies too. Yeah, they're all classics, and I think like as a little kid who liked to read, it was really validating to see all of these books that I knew. Like to be like this is also like, look how smart you are for yes. getting these background but, like, references. What, what kid read Moby Dick? That's a very dry story. I would read the dictionary. I mean, I read, I read the Red Letter, and I read Dracula at eleven. Yes, they, <laughs> yeah. either, either of which they could have included over Moby Dick. And the, Scar- the Scarlet, they, Letter? yeah, the Scarlet Letter, yeah. Sorry, that's like man, that's they be name check for a, a lot of a really good books. Read. Um, and then we, so those are all take place sort of in the magic library setting. And then uh, we leave and sort of accidentally stumble into the horror verse. Like right. we're suddenly out of the library and in general horror. Right. And we find a mansion inside of here and find a Mr. Uh, Hyde. Well, we, first we find the horror book, who is like sweet and adorable. He's and adorable. so we have these are the three <sighs> companions. Yeah, he's the yeah. He, I actually hate the books. <laughs> oh, I don't hate I don't hate the books. That's not yeah. true. See, I hate that the books' personalities are just different flavors of dumb. Mostly they're dumb and arrogant. Like the pirate is dumb and arrogant and like has like that terrible toxic masculinity thing going on. And then like Whoopi Goldberg is just like dumb and arrogant and mean to the pirate. And then the horror book is just dumb and like a sweet. So that's different. That's his personality. One out of two ain't bad. Yeah. He's probably the horror is probably the best character in this. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know. Christopher Lloyd. I yeah, mean, he, but he's, but he's not barely there. in it. Like he has maybe, maybe six minutes of screen well, time until it becomes total. a book wizard. Well, including book wizard time, the page master. The page. See, like he's a cool costume as the page master. We, we I, forgot that he's the one who gives um, Richard the quest to find the exit and yes. enter the the. Uh... I like that the back of his robe was the spine of a book. Yeah, you didn't see that really end. cool. So here, the the first thing that we have here in horror is the Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde. Mm-hmm. Like you know, he. You know, uh, Dr. Jekyll tries to give uh, Adventure this drink. They're just like, oh, don't drink it. And it spills on the ground. Oh, it falls through. And then Dr. Jekyll drinks it and turns into Mr. Hyde. Sabrina and I were talking and we went like, you know, the the interesting thing is back in the day when they had always did these Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde things is that they would always like do have it be a physical transformation. This when that misses the entire point of the book. Right. And, and which we were kind of going like, yeah, nothing would be more intimidating than just having this normal-looking guy just be like, <laughs> slit your throat. <laughs> like, that's modern day, like, just, oh, you don't know where a monster is anywhere. Yeah, well, I mean, like, the whole point of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is that, like, evil is with all of us, and that, like, by trying to erase... Oh, anyway. But, like, uh, this is one of the problems I have with the sections. So then we essentially go through a bunch of other classics in the same manner. Right. Um, totally missing the point of each of them. Yeah. They, yes. It's but, like, oh, hi, we know the plot of this, and I think that I'm smart, and I think this is, like, maybe the most cynical way to look at it, or, like, I didn't actually read it, but I, I like, I sort of skimmed the spark notes for it, and then I animated a movie about yeah. it. So uh, they also, in a lot of the pre-material, they have Frankenstein, uh, but Frankenstein does not actually show up in the movie. So yeah, a lot of the B roll included that. Yeah, I always I always got weirded out. I was a little weirded out when I was watching it because you get one story in horror and then in adventure you get two different stories. And like they also sort of like miss the whole point of like Long John Silver actually being the like they hammer home that like, oh, we're family now, boy. Right. But like that doesn't really have any chance to resonate or any chance to like build or hit or become meaningful. Like this movie, as it cuts from book to book, doesn't 
allow you or doesn't know how to build stakes. And like the only thing you know is that Richard wants to get home and that's it. And like that's fair and a good thing to want, especially when you're in like a weird magic book world. Oh, they could have used that though. Right. Like again, like Long John Silver. I you know that you can't see me shaking my head. Hands hands are in the air air right now. But like that's the whole thing. Like I remember really in this movie as a kid, but I think as a kid I was much more willing. One, I had like lower expectations for like and less film language. Uh, knowledge of film language and so I was willing to fill in details right um but now i want like the movie to actually just be good instead of me uh, wanting it to be good and that being enough um like uh there's something that happens in the the horror like as they go through like the uh they do this long pan through like the potion making apparatus Uh and they walk through these potions and like they don't show you jekyll walking through it which would be the way to start this gag if they were going to do it yeah they don't what was up with horror? Right? Yeah. So, like, <laughs> it was just Richard walks by and his face is just sort of distorted by the glass and the liquid. And then horror walks by and he turns, like, this beautiful face passes through glass. And so I'm like, like what was but that? nothing of the boy. So nothing changes. So, like, what does that tell you about what the movie makers think of the boy? Like, if this potion is somehow revealing something true about what's underneath or, like, under a book's cover or whatever, then, like, I think it was meant to be a visual gag, and they didn't think about it further than that. Yeah, I, but it was a lazy visual gag. There was no follow through for it. Exactly, and like, there's uh, so one of the other gags that comes up often is that like fantasy's wand only works in sort of the realm of fantasy, like in her book sections, what she calls it earlier. Um, and like, there's this moment where the chandelier falls down and horror is trapped, and like, it looks like Richard is going to rescue him, but he's too afraid. Um, and being then, as useful as he is throughout this entire film, which is none. Exactly. And you'd think that like, oh, this is a chance for, but like, he's also fairly active when he's running around with adventure at the very beginning. Like he has this well-established at this point fear of heights, but climbs up that ladder with sort of no problem and does some like parkour leaping, you know? And like, but suddenly grabbing his friend from this mess of chains is too much for him. And Freyr, fairy rescues him or fantasy rescues him with her wand. And like, you're thinking like, oh, is this, setting up any payoff and and it's it's not it's not nothing has ever paid off in this movie and it feels like it's paid off because her work her wand works that one time when it didn't before and it's like this isn't like you have set up you have reminder you have payoff and like this is none of it like it's all this just garbled mess because the movie had to get rewritten had to uh with scare quotes uh get rewritten halfway through um also the only black people in this movie are pirates (laughs) that's yeah there aren't a lot of characters in this movie. Ooh, one of, but one of them is voiced, back to the 90s. One of them is voiced by the hologram doctor from Voyager. <laughs> There's Rob, so many Star Trek people here. Yeah, what, what was what was going on? Really, like, literally, I think this was... A filming break, I'm sure. And they were like, well, we still have to pay rent. This is like between seasons two and three of Next Generation. And and like Patrick Stewart's like, Whoopi, I'm filming this cartoon movie. You should come with me. We can really... We can <laughs> do really, you have anything else to do? We can really belt one out. Hello, I'm Whippy Goldberg. I'd be interested in joining you. I'm not going to attempt a Whippy Goldberg accent. Or maybe, definitely, yeah. maybe they all have the same tal- talent agent, and the <laughs> talent agent just recommend all of them for the movie. I mean, sure. Um, it's just like, you know, it's just fun to talk about. Um, but yeah, so they go from horror yeah. to Patrick the Stewart, pirate stuff. Patrick Stewart went from page master to the emoji movie. I know. What is Patrick I, Stewart? I'm the poop. poop. Who does he owe money to? Um, I got knighted. I don't own anybody. I mean, that's fair. He's probably just like, well, I need something to do. It's Thursday. I'm doing Star Trek again. Whoop I was me. I was Professor X. God damn it. 
I can I'm do Captain Picard twice. I will do whatever the hell I want. All right, yeah. All right, Poop so emoji? anyway, yeah. So we go uh, from adventure to adventure, and then we see Long John Silver, and like this feels like it was maybe the original sort of emotional heart of the movie. Um, and Richard picks up a sword, and you're like, aha, he's brave now. But they don't really follow up on that either. And mm. then they go from adventure to Moby Dick. No, it was Moby Dick and then Long John Silver. Yeah, then the... Because oh, okay. remember, Moby Dick uh, crashed their uh, their boat. Or their, it broke their boat somehow. Oh, right. Yeah, they found a little raft. They thought they lost fantasy and horror. Yeah. But um, no, they're fine. Oh, yeah, but and, it turns out they're fine. Yeah, and then after Long John Silver, it was... um, What the heck is the name of that story? Because remember, they had the little people and they tied oh, down. Gulliver's, Gulliver's, Gulliver's Travels. Yeah, there we go. They could, so there so was also got three. three references for just adventure. With, with Jack Black. But then you go into fantasy and there's no well, specific is there book a, reference. Well, is there anything we should say about adventure first? Like I said, mm. we do have Jim Cummings being Dr. Robotnik in... Yeah, he does a really good Long John Silver. And he's actually one of the more developed yes. characters. In the entire movie, well, that's his voice. That's he does the, the palace guard from Aladdin. It's everything else. This is like his voice. Ahoy, oh yeah, this is no. This is Jim Cummings as Long John. Anyway, uh, but yeah, Long John Silver's really well animated. He's really well voiced. Like he he um uh, like he he really hits all of the Long John Silver beats. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's a very good straight read of a Long John Silver, which doesn't feel at place in this movie. Um and. Like, you were like, it's so close to the theme of Richard, like, learning to love these books. But again, the central conflict in this movie, as it is currently written, is not, does Richard like to read? Right. Is Richard scared? He's not kindling, he's not, like, rekindling a love of books or discovering, really, that he loves books. He's just like, oh, through the most, like, stereotypical set of, like, classic literature, I have discovered that I am brave? From cowardice to courage. And, like, he was never really a coward in the first place. Because he did everything that was asked of him, and like his fear, like he was scared, yes, which and is like not a comfortable. Was trying to hit him, right? And like fear is not a comfortable place to be. But like he wasn't not living his life because of his fear. Like he went on the errand that his dad sent him with a goofy bike, sure. But like he was okay as far as like there was nothing aside from his parents' worry that showed that like so like there's no character growth here. Like there's not. This right. isn't metaphorically resonant in any way, and like it's only sort of half well animated. Um. God, I'm sorry. I'm so hyped up about how mediocre this movie is. Yeah, no, this movie is overall is like just painfully mediocre. This is the history of the world part one of I mean, childhood uh, movies. They just, especially when yeah. it came to it, when they got into adventure, they just try to put too many different things inside of it. Yeah, like, yeah I they, think if they just picked like three sort of things that matched one for each of the books, exactly. I think it would have been, it would have filled up like and had the funding to do it, see that through and stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, so they go to fantasy, and you're right. Like they don't have very much going on here, and that's when they stick in that stupid song. It's yeah, it was... a song about it's being song of the '90s. Sing. <laughs> you should believe in yourself. Can believe in, in yourself. Note here. It's a nice thing with those to... weird electrical fairies what? that steal his glasses. And like take your glasses away. I mean, I understand fairies being mischievous. That's fine, but it was just—it's weird that they stuck the song moment at this time and spent so long yeah. on it. Right? No, it's very clear, like a remnant of the first draft of this film when oh, things God. might have been better. Yeah. I um, think we should do. We should do Santa do at some point. 
You've already paid for the song. You gotta <laughs> use it somewhere. If we don't use this animation, then the movie will only be 45 minutes. <laughs> this song was rejected by Celine Dion. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Um, so then like you have the like hot minute in fantasy and then the dragon, right? Is that yeah. where we are? The yeah, dragon. we're at the, the dragon. dragon. Yeah. The dragon is actually pretty cool. And cool. um uh so all the books are in trouble, uh, because the dragon is trying to eat them. Um, and then uh, Richard picks up like a dead knight's helmet, sword, and shield, and you're like, "Aha! Here is where like the cowardice to courage thing pays <laughs> off." And he gets eaten, like promptly eaten. <laughs> like he, I mean, like he runs around like clinking his sword against the dragon's armor, and like the books are all being like terrible cheerleaders right. for him because uh, they're like, you, "You can do it," or "You're doing it just fine," or like everything's oh. working out all right. And it's like clink clink. Like that's actually the sound effects. You're like clink clink. Quick, quick, quick. Yeah. So, like, you know that nothing is happening. Generic. And then he gets swallowed whole. And, like, what's kind of cool, this is, like, another, like, cool animation moment that I really like. The dragon's throat is, like, lined with books, like a library, and, like, this cool look to it. And the way he gets out of this problem is, again, not by being brave, not by overcoming the character arc that you've set out for him, or moving through the character arc that we've, quote unquote, built, uh, but by, like, opening Jack the Beanstalk, right? Opening a book. So, like, here again is a moment where, like, if they'd kept the original plot of a boy who was learning to love to read, this would have been perfect and, like, paying off all of these stakes that you've built up. Yeah. Um, but they don't. He opens his book and the beanstalk comes out and he climbs out of the dragon's mouth and then the dragon starts eating it. So you're like, is the dragon dead? Is the dragon going to die? What is going to happen? And they're climbing up this tower of books towards the exit, which has been, like, the goal that's been pointed out the whole time. And then, like, they get to the, like, he gets to the exit. and Hello like, again. Finally, Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> oh, and he, he nearly gets, he pulls away up from Atlas Shrugged. That was yeah. the most insulting moment of this movie. It's like that being in, in and amongst the titles. That was a name really drop. stupid reference. Well, yeah. because it was on him. So especially it was like the like world children, on. Especially yeah. for like a children's movie. Here's a yeah. book that a no child has read. And if they did, <laughs> they would. And, and a child that read that would, would be grow, incredibly yeah. insufferable. That, that one child would grow up to be a serial killer. Tucker sure. Carlson. Yeah. <laughs> You know, what, teenage think... libertarian Tucker Carlson. Watch, yeah, it's again fucking. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like he gets out, and then like the books are there, and they're these like they look exactly like they looked, but like real books, like these hardbound, huge ass leather leather volumes, like a lavender fantasy book, uh, a brownish, weirdly colored the uh, adventure book, and then like the. The horror book is like water damaged and and like puffy, really like, messed up. But yeah, yeah, I think fantasy actually ended up saying fairy tales. On oh, I cover. think you're right. I think yeah. you're right. Um. Uh, and then like he gets uh, he gets Christopher Lloyd to agree that he can check out three books because for some reason it's there was a, a for some reason limit. the library only lets well I guess letting kids uh under ten only check out two books sort of makes sense I guess I don't think but, like it's ever... still a ridiculous but like again it's like this. This hurdle that is like not important, not metaphorically yeah, not resonant, necessary. and not immediately goes away, and yeah. immediately resolved. You know, like, and he's like, yeah, because he had that big speech at the beginning about like I know what people need, and like he's like I can tell what you need to have this other book, and then like he goes home and he's he's uh like his parents are looking for him. They they like the next scene is them driving into their driveway, and like oh no, where is our child? Maybe we should call the cops. He's only been missing in a thunder the spark their strange thunderstorm. For literally hours. Um, and then, like, there he is, asleep in the treehouse that earlier he was too afraid to get into. And, like, none of the books are visible. Yeah, that was a weird shot at the end. Also, like, the light source was between the shadow and the books. That didn't work. Yeah, and so, that like, there, none of the books incorrect. are visible. 
He's sleeping with a little lantern on, like his little jacket over him in the treehouse. No, the, they had the books visible. They were right in front of him where he was sleeping, like right next off to his ca- legs. Like off camera. No, I could see them. I saw them Yeah, for I a saw moment. them too. Oh, okay. I this, missed them. Well, okay, this, well, then never mind. This was stupid though, because here's yes, the treehouse with the fucking ladder. But I thought the ladder went up to that first like ledge which, that you see because there's this big ass opening in the front, right? But no, I find out later that there's a trap door there. So motherfucking Matt, whatever his Macaulay name is, Culkin. Macaulay Culkin is sleeping between a trap door and a big ass opening <laughs> in the treehouse that he could literally fall out wow, of. Wow, this kid. And is... his dad is like, just leave him there. Yeah, just leave him there so he can fall out of a treehouse and let's go backwards from where we were at the beginning of this movie. Sabrina is now preaching that we return back and we get that fire extinguisher right now. But no, no, this is the stupid thing. When you see the treehouse in the beginning, the ladder hits that big opening in the front. There's no trap door. This is what we're. That's ne- where the dad was gonna go down. But then later, there's a fucking ladder that go leads to a down. trap door. There's a, there's an injustice at the heart of this movie that Sabrina is very upset about. What the fuck is the point of that opening then? You go, girl. Seriously. <laughs> so we can see Macaulay Culkin as he sleeps creepily. Basically, yeah, so Sabrina, they had somewhere to place a camera. Sabrina, go off. But yeah, so so when they pan up the camera to see him sleeping, the books are sitting there right in front of him next to the opening. Yeah, They're like but, stacked on top of each but other. But their spirits are at the shadows, like talking to each other somehow. Yeah, that yeah, didn't like, make sense. That, that was didn't weird. make sense either. Um, but it was the end of the movie, and we were like, oh, wow, that was really short. That was really short. That was like 90 minutes. No, 20. Oh, far less No, than uh, 60 minutes. And I want to say that like the, I think, I think the middle credits, to like last minutes. 10 minutes or so, like there's a lot of, like until the dragon fight, like a lot of the adventure stuff um, and a lot of the Moby Dick stuff uh, and like them climbing up the book, of, the Tower of Books, like especially all the sort of B-roll that are like the books jumping around and having antics. It's just like so poorly animated. Like it's very like, like the example I pulled earlier was like Disney's Hercules. Like, the animated TV show, which, like, had some good moments, but also had some, like, really lazy animation. And, like, that is the level of, like, quality that you fall down to in this movie. Like, it's very clear that, like, they ran out of time. They ran out of money. Like, they ran out of production. Like, like it's it's just, like, this movie that could have been really cool and, like, really validating of this thing that I'm incredibly passionate about. But, like, in t- this mediocre doesn't go anywhere. doesn't mean anything. Nothing is solved. There are no problems. You also yeah. had like a, a a weird like side story of like horror wanting to be like kind of cool and validated and like adventure totally shooting them down the whole time. Oh, the whole time until like the last whatever, and then also that like fantasy and adventure don't get along, which is ridiculous because fantasy is just a kind of adventure story. But that's well, fine, whatever. And the, it's not thematically important or metaphorically like the, resonant because nothing in this movie is. I like the weird moment which adventure decides to like. The, uh, adventure and fantasy have this like thing going that appears out of nowhere. Incredibly f- forced heterosexual relationship. Yes. Yeah, because it's the '90s, and even the books. Have, oh, are, the, the books are definitely not gay. Well, that and that—that's the end point where the the entire part that yeah. adventure is like, "Hey, I want to kiss," and just like, "Okay," and then suddenly they like, "Oh no, not gay kisses!" Ooh. God, I mean, or like he kisses credits. fantasy, and then like gets sleazy about it, and then she like appears to like regret her decision i'm like that's cool that's a way to paint relationships welcome back to the 90s <laughs> yeah problematic yeah, yeah um but yeah this uh what was more pro- like oh i'd say the more problematic element is that this movie is mediocre and sucks yeah i guess like i the 
places where I always have problems, and I'm sure that somebody can probably fact check me on this, is like not when a movie is like just bad or like it's just when a movie like really honestly had potential. Yeah. Oh, uh, like when when it could have been really good, and like has really good moments and really good beats that just don't get followed through or like nothing holds them up and they just exist in isolation. And that's like, that's how we feel about this movie now is that like, if it had been a story, like if it had been a story about a boy learning to live, to read. And then like, I know that like, I'm harping on like, this is stuff that would validate me personally. And obviously Serve that's a market of- movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what quality is when it validates my personal life choices. Um, but that like, you know, this could have been a story about somebody learning to live, to read. And finding these worlds of adventure, and then him running through those worlds of adventure would have been metaphorically resonant. I know that I'm hammering that point home, but like, you know, it, it could have been all of these things, and then it wasn't. And but I'm like just smart enough to see that it could have been these things, and so now I have this big gulf of like expectation and actual movie reality. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. So that's how I feel about Page Master. You should go back to how you felt as a seven-year-old. I yeah, if, if I could. I'm I mean, kind of a shitty seven-year-old, though, to be honest. I was insufferable. Believe Aww. me. I, I have mellowed out. I would have been your friend. Aw. You two could have played Sonic together. I don't, yeah. I mean, we could have. Come on. I, you want to go? <laughs> yeah. I don't go. remember what I was I like. I got another seven. one. <laughs> or, like, I, just, I just like the image of Josh running around real fast. <laughs> oh. Asking Where, for were you saying that we hit the buttons and we run right now? Yeah. Okay. I was going to say jiggle the door handle on our way out. But yeah. <laughs> so we're going to go play games, guys. <laughs> There's a, t- a, there's a door opening and door slamming sound effect. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I have one. Hold on. <laughs> no, um, that's too much work. But yeah. yeah. Uh, page... Don't put more work into this episode than the, they put in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I already got What's cut even out... worse is they actually put that work into the yeah. movie and then like threw it out. I mean, I've already got so much work cutting out all the Tucker Carlson references. Like, <laughs> yeah, we cannot risk a Twitter fight with, Tucker with like, Carlson. A, like a B-rate Fox News personality. <laughs> Who wears a who wears bow ties like a fucking dumbass? The great thing is, is I just keep using it because I'm not gonna cut it out. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so does anybody else have anything they want to say no, about Page Master? This movie, yeah, it just left me with a per- profound sense of disappointment. Yep, I think that's a valid feeling. I didn't like the protagonist and found it nope. boring. Oh, also, I don't think we stopped to mention that that like you know Macaulay Culkin's sort of like. Uh, one, he was nominated for a Razzie for his performance in this movie. <laughs> oh, and that's two, kind of unfair, I think. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I, th- I actually, I think it is. I think it's a very flat performance from him. Um, uh, but he is also still ten. Yeah, and like this was before we demanded a lot of our child actors. Well, it's it's not like Home Alone where he has a chance. He never did the like ah scream right. or anything. Yeah, they don't give him anything to work with. Yeah. Um, yeah. but uh, also like his characteristic lips, they take. <laughs> A lot of attention to draw in a slightly weird color, and like uh, well, the biggest note I have in my notebook because I had pages of notes to come yell about this movie, for this show, um, was why those lips? Why it was a <laughs> weird thing to pick out in the coloring, especially for a child. Yeah, yeah. Like, look at these boys' bee stung lips. I mean, there was a couple. Ugh. There was a couple like scenes where he did look more like a girl than a little boy. And I was just like, oh, my God. It's just, I don't know. There's just things you don't do to make sure someone comes across correctly in animation. And one of those things is you do not actually draw in the lips, especially not for a guy. Especially not for a child. Yeah. It just, it's a weird. A child. Look at my lips. 
please bring a lot of focal attention to my lips. <laughs> look at my lips. As a 10-year-old boy, please look at my lips. <laughs> I'm just, for the record, I'm not participating in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know this is only ever going to cut poorly. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, so this it's is super another... creepy. Can we get back to Duncan and Tucker Carlson? <laughs> All Way day. More. We'll do it later when we go get some uh, go get some energy food. All right. All right, uh, Page Master. Any last calls? Uh, Let's get out of here. Don't watch it. It's ugh. it's yeah, yeah. No, it's not. It's super don't not bother. worth it. It's uh, not even like bad enough to be funny. It's just bad. I will say my only condition is that I think it, I think in the seven year old mind it can be a fine thing, and for an adult it's an okay watch. I think for yeah, a it's kid, not painful. Yeah, like no. it's not bad and. I think actually, um, uh, when I was uh, uh, looking at some of the movie reviews, uh, somebody said uh, that uh, the best thing about it for adults is the <laughs> fact it's short runtime. Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. My favorite thing about it was how short it was. Yeah, <laughs> the, I think for a seven-year-old is totally fine, and I think that the re- the book references like they're books that you've heard of before, like so nothing of theirs is, is something that's completely like <laughs> it's all stuff you were assigned to read in English class and didn't. Yeah, mm. so. <laughs> I'll just sit over here in the nerd corner again. God, what was it? There was like an onion. I read probably 75% of the things I was assigned. Yeah. Sometimes fuck. Yeah. Like Heart of Darkness. Fuck Heart of Darkness. There was a a last week week tonight where it was just like, yeah, nobody ever read anything in your book. (laughs) Your book list. Like, none of them. Go away. I mean. Sabrina did, though. What do you mean? When you got like the, either the summer the book class. list or the ones that you were supposed to read in your English class, like the, all the stories. I mean, yeah, I had to read the ones in our English class, but we never had books we had to read during the summer. Oh, I had summer. Books. Oh, yeah, I especially mean, in our AP classes. Well, give us reading material. Well, I only took honor English one year, and then I had a, and because I didn't know about it until last minute, there were like two books on the summer reading list that we had to discuss in class as soon as it started. Mm-hmm. So I had to go back and read those, but. The additional reading for summer, I think, were some of the better books versus the books we had to read for our actual oh, curriculum. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I also I placed in our state academic competition for literature, so I did a lot of reading because I was a little a little nerd, yeah. and I, mean, I identified I, myself as smart more than a person. I mean, I read a lot, too, but yeah. I read a lot of fantasy and horror, so I didn't really... A lot of the books they picked were books that I didn't really enjoy. I didn't mean to. I didn't think about it, but I'm wearing my Holden Caulfield thinks uh, yeah, phony yeah. shirt. That was not deliberate, but... The, yeah, um... the, the one book that completely divided my English class because, like, half of us hated it and half of us really loved it. The, uh, <laughs> summer reading actually caused me to read 1984, which was one of those mo- one of those books that was the first time of just, like, reading a book and going, oh, fuck you! Oh, oh god damn it! <laughs> because I was usually the type of kid that would always put himself as the protagonist. Oh. Like when you when you're reading it, and I'm just like, yeah, oh, I'm that just, was summer I'm, reading. Yeah, that was summer reading for me, that ninth was, grade. That was a part of our actual curriculum. The theme for a whole semester was utopias and dystopias. Yeah, I we think never that's actually had that. Really good. Uh, like that's I think an excellent critical thinking exercise. Yeah, it is. Because we had to read 1984, and then we had to read Brave New World. Yeah, we had those are both dystopias. I know that we had Animal Farm as one of them. We had to read as well. Oh, I remember. Like, I want to say that when I was in high school, that like TBS did a really good Animal Farm movie with. Oh, maybe that should be another episode. No, no. But all of these are good books that could have been covered in a better page master. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the perfect note to end on. 1984 definitely would have worked well. (laughs) (laughs) Dad, I'm afraid that the TV is watching us. 
If it was filmed in 2018, yeah. yes, it or, is. Yeah, or just, all of the weird sex in Brave New World. Yeah, just just imagine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just imagine like the three books go down a road and they they meet the dystopia book. He's like, "Let me show you some shit." And then <laughs> and then there's and then there's naked. You think you've got it rough. Yeah, and then naked lunches in there, and it's just like really weird. <laughs> all right. Uh, speaking of really weird stuff, it's Eric's choice next episode. Oh yeah, this I had like we we had don't to be pick, surprised. We had to pick the, like this. Oh come on, you love this one. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No, nobody's saying, arguing about quality. We're just we're saying just this is saying like this is on brand. Eric, this, this is, is on brand. Speaking of <laughs> books, yeah, I'm, Eric my, grew up in the wrong country. That's yeah. what it is. I'm not, Eric grew up in the I wrong am, time. I am not actually that much of an Anglophile, despite uh, <laughs> what you might think. All right. So my my segue yes. is speaking of books and weird shut-ins. Yes. <laughs> uh, next week we are doing the. 2004 BBC comedy, not BBC, but British comedy Black Book, yep. starring Dylan Moran. So get and ready. It is it, it is hilarious. It is uh, it is definitely British comedy. But like, I mean, this is like mid. But I mean, this is right up my, the same wheelhouse as. Uh, this is at the same time as Garth Marenghi. So. Yeah, man, Garth Marenghi, really good. This is definitely not. Ripping yarns, but we'll see what it is. Oh, you'll see. <laughs> All right. Uh, we will do, uh, so, satfriendsclub.com, uh, at satfriendsclubs on... Yes, need to get that energy boost. Uh, at satfriendsclub on Twitter, and uh, patreon.com slash satfriendsclub is the Patreon that you can go with all of our lovely people. I lied. I did not pull up the list during. I will do that in the third episode because I'm a tired boy. Uh, and it has been a few episodes. Um, so he what? Need, he needs his juice box and his nap after I Sonic. No, I need a nappy. I, I I lost all my fast talking about Sonic. <laughs> uh, so uh, we will do that, but uh, we will come back next time for a little bit of wine and a little bit of booking. <laughs> a lot of wine. A lot of wine. <laughs> a lot of wine and a lot of cigarettes. All right, we'll catch you next episode. Sleep well, everyone.